Blindcast episode. We have a, uh, a guest with us today, and we actually got you a cup. Would you read what's on the <laughs> coffee mug there? <laughs> you are special today. Wow, yeah. that is awesome. I feel special. Good. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, sure. Uh, and... Yeah, I'm Greg Lagreed with uh, Palouse Prairie Co. Uh, Eastern Washington, small little company. Uh, started out with making hats with uh, leather patches on them and and kind of are growing from there, and love to hunt birds, love to fish, love to hunt pretty much anything. So happy, uh, happy to come on, and appreciate you guys having me here. So yeah, we're glad you, you came this morning. Um, we'll get more into your company and how it's growing, and um, it's fairly new, right? I mean, just yeah, just about six months ago. So we uh, we we made our first hats. Well, I didn't make them. The first hats we had somebody make hats about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a long story but we so we do this thing called rooster road trip every year we've done it for almost 10 years now where we go down to whitman county camp real, real quick before we get yeah, into yeah, that yeah. story yeah, i just sure. want to introduce uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. andrew rains here hey okay, don't forget about me yeah and <laughs> uh, your host alex martin was, was with you that's me um chris burke's not here today he's on the west coast with his wife um and newborn baby but you you are from the west side, right? Originally, yep. Yeah, so yep. we'll get into maybe hunting over there. Sure, um, yeah. Because I've not done a lot of that. Yeah. <clears throat> but back to your uh, your rooster road trip. So I actually yeah. followed it on Instagram okay. this year. And yeah. Chris did too. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see much of the rooster road trip? Sorry. No, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> There's always next year. Yeah. yeah. When, when did this tradition so start? So it started uh, almost 10 years ago. And it started at the Siesta Motel in Colfax. It was our first rooster road I trip. I stayed there. Yeah, <laughs> they allow dogs, so yeah. It's like, <laughs> so which we, hotel is that? Siesta. It's I've been there for a restaurant. It's right at the end of town, uh, right before you take that sharp left to get out of town. So we uh, we stayed a couple nights at the Siesta Motel and hunted a bunch of feel free to hunt and stuff over there. That was the first year I had my lab, uh, and I, we didn't know what we were doing. And the lab had I got them on pen birds and and trained him a bunch in Seattle, but that was kind of his first foray into pheasant hunting. So that's kind of how it, how it started and kind of what really sparked my interest in pheasant hunting. But, uh, yeah, so we've been doing that for, I guess, almost 10 years now. And it was two years ago. We were sitting around like, you know, we've done this long enough. We should do something cool next year. Like let's make koozies or sweatshirts or like something and like put rooster road trip on them. Like that'll be cool. Cause it's, it's, there's two of us that have been there every year, my brother-in-law and I, and then in any given year, there's three to four others, random people who end up coming for a day mm-hmm. or two days or whatever. So we're like, we can never find good hunting hats. Like, let's find good hats and, like, put Rooster Road Trip on. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's we, where it all started. Yeah, exactly. And you so found the, the leather patch? No, so it started out with embroidered. We embroidered it. And uh, I had this. I found this guy in California just randomly, uh, and his hats looked good, and I was like, you know, let's find something we can use. We'll put Rooster Road Trip on them. So I got the hats. We, I of course, thought they were awesome and wore them around all the time. Uh, and over the course of like the next year, enough people were like, "Dude, those are cool! Like, can I have one?" And I'm like, "No, like we have like <laughs> five of them, and we gave them away to like yeah. the people that actually come." And so over the course of the year, like 
and other people were like, oh, you could totally sell those. I was like, I don't have the time for that crap. Like, no. And like, eventually enough people were like, oh, we'd buy that or you should do that. My wife was like, just do it. And I was like, really? Like we have three kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all under five at that point. And I was like, you think we have the time? And she was like, just go for it. And I was like, all right, whatever, we'll do it. So that's kind of how it started. And randomly when we first were going to make the patches, I was like, where do I go? Like we wanted to find good hats, quality hats. So we ordered like, I don't know, 20 hats online, made sure we got like the best ones. And then, uh, I was like, now about the patches, <laughs> we don't have the stuff to make them right now. So I randomly had met this guy at a wedding the summer before through a mutual friend. And I was talking to our mutual friend and he was like, Oh, you should call Derek. Uh, just like feel him out and, you know, get some info from him. So I was like, all right, I'll call Derek. So I called him and he's in the hat business and I was like, no, this is what we're trying to do. Like, can you give me some guidance? And he was like, why don't we just do it together? Like, I'll help you out and we'll just make them. And I was like, really? Wow, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that he's, he's in Oregon and that's kind of how everything came to be. And, and obviously we tried the leather patches instead of the embroidery. And I think those are way cooler and I yeah, sort of more unique, cool. you know, like you see embroidered hats, but you don't see many of the leather patch hats. I like patches. Yeah. When we made our blind cast hats, it was kind of like the first run. And I mean, I think we're happy with them, but I think we want to change them up a little bit yeah. because when we got them, I mean, when I tried you them on, I got a big dome. I got a big <laughs> noggin. And it just doesn't fit my head right. So when you were doing those, did you try the hats on first? Oh, or, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. so we ordered, like, I mean, you can go online and just order a blank hat uh -huh. for, like, dirt cheap. So yeah. we just ordered a crap load of them, and we're like, we're just going to pick the ones that seem to be the most, uh, you know, the best quality, mm -hmm. that fit right, that look good, mm -hmm. that aren't, like, trash. Because that's, that's why we ended, that's why we did hats for Rooster Road Trip, is because we're like, all the hunting hats you can find are, like, not that good. <laughs> I don't feel well. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. fit good. Aren't comfortable. I saw, like... I saw an Instagram for the first time during the season. So it, it's been a few months. And um, I think it was Matt Judy. Have you seen his Instagram? The guy kills a lot of geese. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy kills a lot of geese. I saw it on his. And then I followed it to... He must have linked yours or yeah. something. And then I always ordered this this hat. I, I've almost wore the new off of it. It's like I finally got like a nice sweat mark. Yeah. And that's where I like my hats. It's like yeah. right, right broke in, but not too ratty where people are making comments. Yeah. So, for we, sure. Have, we have a bad habit of like wearing our new hats and then getting crap all over them like right away. Yeah. We actually, we did like a crabbing trip this summer. What, did I have this hat then? No, it was something else. Anyways, we all show yeah. up to go on this trip. It was me, Chris, and Andrew, and then you're Callie and, yeah. and Chris's and wife. So we head, we're heading over there, and we all show up, and we have our, our, our new, hats. new hats on for this trip. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> like, it was out. Salt water. But then the rest of our dirty clothes. Crab. Crab. Is how we dress Crust all over it. Yeah. That so when you, when what did you grow up doing on the coast? Did you, in the, did you grow up crabbing? So we clamming and that kind of stuff or no, I grew up. So I came from a family that didn't do any of that. Okay. And when I was like, where was, where were you at? I grew up in Edmonds. So it's like halfway between Seattle and Everett. I always tell people north of Seattle, south of Everett. Okay. So Chris is from Burlington. Okay. Up north a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where all the ducks are. Skagit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I grew up in Edmonds. Uh, never, my f parents or family never really fished or hunted or anything. 
and then I was, I was probably six, six or eight years old. My sister was dating this guy, and I think he was trying to, you know, impress her or something. He was like, why don't I take your little brother fishing? <laughs> so he, he took me fishing, uh, and we went to, like, this <laughs> little lake pond thing that was, like, basically in the middle of the city and didn't catch anything except for, I think, a pair of jeans. My brother hooked a pair of jeans. Gross. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was Washed them and... Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in the trees most of the time with whatever lure he gave me. Um, but I don't know, that kind of just set it off for me. Uh, and so that... I've fished kind of forever, well, since I was, you know, six or whatever. And then we used to go crabbing a lot in Edmonds, because Edmonds is on the saltwater. So we'd go down to the docks and go crabbing and shrimping. We'd, uh, I'd made the, I made our own crab pots and shrimp pots and my dad and I would go down there and we'd flick on the Mariners game. We had a little portable radio, turn on the Mariners, throw the pots in, you know, BS for 30 minutes. Good old days of the Mariners. Yeah, exactly. Back when they were halfway decent. So that's kind of what, uh, got me into the outdoors and then I just continued with him and my, he married my sister and they've been married for Oh, the guy ended up married. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna ask if he, if you know where he is. Yeah. I was like, I hope all these lures and trees are working. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, so he's actually the guy who I hunt most with. They live here in Spokane. Okay, he's got a Springer, and we hunt a ton together. So, anyway, yeah, that worked out for him. I guess take could be fishing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, how did is that? How you ended up in Spokane? Then is is that side of your family, or how did you end up? Uh, so my wife and I both went to WSU. Okay. And, uh... I think we saw a fire ring that had WSU. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, so we both went to WSU and absolutely loved it over here. Not a big fan of the city, and so Mm -hmm. after college, uh, went back to Seattle. She she graduated before me. I was still in school. Uh, she got a job over there, so when I graduated, I moved over there, but we were like, we gotta get back to the east side somehow, so... You know, we really wanted, knew we wanted to raise our kids over here, kind of a little slower pace of life, and just the weather, everything. We loved it over here better, mm-hmm. so we were just waiting for the time to make it happen, and uh, finally we did that about not quite five years ago. So, Well, cool. Yeah. So when did you graduate college? I graduated in 09 okay. from WSU. <clears throat> so. so that's, uh, yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah. Dang. Did you do a lot of hunting then? Not a ton, so I, uh, actually, I didn't get into hunting until college, and a buddy of mine from Spokane, who I played baseball with one summer, took me turkey hunting one fall, and that kind of got me hooked on hunting. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. It's kind of calm, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now, I mean, the turkeys over here are just like it's crazy. rats. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It was pretty yeah, easy to be, have a successful hunt, so. It is. Are you going to do some turkey hunting? Yeah. Too? Yeah. So we got but where you live. Is it just? I mean, is it pretty easy to? Yeah. So we have a bunch tank? of turkeys on our place, and then I got a buddy who's got his grandparents live kind of out by, out east of between like the valley and uh, mm-hmm. Idaho, and a little bit north. And there's a bunch of turkeys out there. So cool. there's so many turkeys around it's here. It's crazy. It's awesome. You drive up the South Hill. There's turkeys oh crossing the road, like right in the middle. Do of the you get roads. turkeys at this place? Uh, no, nah, they don't come around here too much. But there are some beard draggers just like west of the house yeah and then just north of spokane uh there's i don't know what it is about that area but i'm up there a lot for work and there's like 20 smoke phase turkeys just walking around 
the trailer park. Yeah, that's where I first hunted turkeys was up north, and yeah, they were everywhere. I can't believe how many. I've ne- I mean, I've never actually seen a smoke-faced turkey until I was in that trailer park. <laughs> yeah, I know a guy that harvests his hay up there. And yeah, he says they're they, they just call them like rats, prairie rats. It's crazy because you just see them scurrying, yeah. you know, through they're the everywhere. tall hay when they're when they're swathing. Yeah. <clears throat> Some people don't like the taste of them. I like the taste of them. I had a like a so-so experience last year with them. <laughs> we, we shot one and then we threw the legs on the barbecue right after we'd shot it. And uh, I think I still had some that, that like that because their skin's kind of they just Dirty. They're a stinky bird. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of still had some of that on my skin, my hands when yeah. I'm eating the the drumsticks, and I was like, uh. Well, there's so many tendons. In yeah, that's too. the same with like pheasants too. Like yeah. the legs, I. I hate wasting them, but God, it's so tough to they're get like through that. They're like bones in there. Yeah, they're like those little shards yeah. of, yeah, whatever's in there. I ended up doing a, because uh, I, I had seen other people do it, I ended up doing like doing a turkey leg confit this year. Oh, yeah. And it was pretty good, yeah. but you still had to pick the meat. You just Yeah, had to you got to like cook them enough so that it can kind of fall yeah. off or pull off easily. Yeah. But it's true about the the uh, pheasant legs. Like, you could yeah. do the thighs, yeah. but anything past there, they're just, there's too the much stuff and not enough meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did some turkey meatballs that were good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So we had, I had some buddies over last year and we did uh, like a Friendsgiving deal. Oh, all my college buddies and they were like all pumped to eat a wild turkey. So we actually like roasted it in the oven like you would a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. turkey. I brined it for a couple of days. Did you leave the skin on or take skin? I took the skin off just yeah, because it's I've never plucked a bird in my life. <laughs> it's just like, seems like too much work. A it's lot of a guys will like a duck or whatever, they'll pluck it and leave the skin on. I like, first thing I do is skin that thing. Yeah. So we just roasted it uh, and like the breast was awesome. The legs were a little tough. But the whole breast part was, like, really, really good. And we just, like, sliced it off and had it like you would a turkey dinner. And there you go. It's good. I, I haven't done that yet, but someday, someday. Yeah. What I what I mostly do and what I do with all my pheasants is I just throw them in the freezer. And then at the end of the year, I just take them and do all sausage out of them. And it's all white meat. So gotcha. a couple turkeys, huns, pheasants, whatever, like, just throw it on them. We, we did that with a duck just this last Wednesday. Yeah. Because we didn't have a great year on ducks. I don't think very many people in this area did. Yeah. But we had, I don't know, we probably had... Are you cooking some? Yeah. Speaking we probably had like 15 pounds of duck. Yeah. And we we made sausage with it. We're going to have some of that right now. I'll grab that. Nice. Did you make it yourself or did you take it somewhere? I made it myself. Oh, nice. So I always just take mine to Eggers up at the top of the South Hill. Oh, yeah. They do a good job yeah. and that's where I take all my... We were adding up what it costs to make the sausage at home like yeah. Andrew figures probably 20 bucks a pound right now so we, <laughs> with all the equipment that he's got yeah if you just get bulk sausage up there it's like a dollar a pound or a dollar 29 or something like yeah I don't know it's a, and they do a good job so and the guy claims they have on his grinder he's got some grinding plate that won't let a BB through oh really so I've literally never had a BB in any of the sausage or pepperoni or anything that I've got up there well, Andrew said he didn't really check the breasts when he was grinding them on Wednesday, but I think we would have picked, you know, would have picked one up yeah. in the grinder if there would had yeah. a, had been one in there. Yeah. Especially with the steel shot now, I I don't think those grinder like the even yeah. the ones that you buy that are fairly nice, I don't think they would let us stand through. up to a steel yeah. BB. True. So, was it after your rooster trip? I've seen. Well, actually, Chris is the one that's seen it because you had a, kind of a. a pretty big beard during that <laughs> yeah time. i went for like almost a year without a 
Without a haircut or shave. Nah, the shave was probably less than a year. Yeah, you're a lot more trimmed up than when I first started following your page. <laughs> my, yeah, my wife wasn't a huge fan of uh, of all that. And But how did... You you shaved it off and you put it on Instagram and you would like left a mustache or something? Oh, yeah. So How'd for, that come about? For a rooster road trip, I, uh, I went... It was actually... I went to some barber shop or something and I was like, I want a mullet. And they were like... Wait, what did she say? <laughs> I don't hear that every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want a mullet. So she was like, are you sure? Like, what are you doing? I was like, yeah. So she gave me a mullet, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I had the, the big beard, and I was like, I might as well just shave a mustache in with it. So for uh, for a couple weeks there, I went for the the Joe Dirt look, you know? Yeah. So no, I, Chris and I were cracking up. He's like, look at this guy. You're like, you gotta yeah. give give the people what they want. Yeah. Like, Who's telling them this? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, so you do you're gonna do some turkey hunting? Do you do any big game hunting down there? I or? do, but it's not like I don't get as fired up about big game as I do about birds. And I think probably a lot of it's the dog work because that's my favorite part about the bird hunting is mm-hmm. seeing the dog work. But there is something cool about you know, eating stuff that you, that you take yourself, and, and so I will, uh, I will hunt big game, but not religiously. So what'd so. you bring in here, Andrew? We made, this is like a breakfast stromboli with that duck sausage. That smells good. I think it'll be good. We had, or, we made a little bit of this last night just to see what it was like, and it tasted good. Yeah, we'll have some of that. It's hot right now, though. I like the dog work, too. That's one of my yeah. favorite parts. Yeah, I mean, this is my first like dog that I've ever trained. I had a dog when I was um, when I was little, a black lab. That's why I wanted a black lab. Yeah. And like her first like duck retrieve, it made me so happy this oh, year. Oh, it's unreal! It's it was, how proud you get. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't have kids, but I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the first like bird that I had lost and she brought back, I think I was even happier. It was yeah. a, It was a grouse this year. That I, I shot and it I couldn't find it and I kind of sent her in there not really thinking she's gonna find it and like a few minutes later she came back outside and was like is this is this what you're looking for yeah. I've never grabbed one of these before yeah. so I'm not sure <laughs> like she That's just awesome. had this confused yeah. look on her face but I mean it's been so much fun to have a dog it's my favorite part yeah and like you said when I mean you just you shoot a bird and the dog sees it and goes and trails it and. You don't say a word, and if it goes, like, the coolest ones are, like you say, like, yeah. I'll just stand there, and the, I don't see the dog, but I know there's a bird down, and, you know, five minutes later, he comes walking back with a bird. It's, like, it feels the so coolest good. thing. Yeah. yeah, if you've never hunted with a dog, you, you, like, you're surprised when they just, like, come out of the bushes with a yeah. bird. That right. Like, you definitely would have lost without Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And it's funny to think, like, I mean, I guess you can be successful. Duck hunting, I think, depending on where you're hunting, you can do a little bit more without a dog but i can't imagine like pheasant hunting without a dog no they run too much right and then yeah that's they freaking run everywhere and then when you do get one down like finding it in that tall thick craft yeah i mean you can do it and people do it and i think given the the right area it's probably a little easier but they always dream about having a dog (laughs) yeah it's andrew and well you have Penny, who's a black lab, yeah. and she does great ducks and, and even does pretty good on the up she's, one. She's learning. And Chris has a golden retriever, and she does good too, but she's 
they're not pointers, right? So they yeah. don't really give that, that hard right. point. And yeah. this was the first year that I hunted behind a pointer, which was your uncle's. And that's a big difference too. Oh, yeah. When it comes to upland. Yeah. So I've had the lab for almost 10 years and then we've got a Griffon who's two. So it's interesting having hunted behind a flushing dog for that long, going to a pointing dog, like very different, but both are, I mean, it's cool. Either way is cool. I don't think after having a, a pointing dog and a dog, you know, they call them the versatile dogs mm-hmm. uh, that also retrieve pretty well. I don't know that I'll ever get anything else outside of that. Um, it's just the coolest thing to see a dog, like absolutely locked up on point, won't move, walk in, flush the bird, shoot it, <clears throat> retrieve the hand. It's like, it's I don't cool. know. We went down, well, it was kind of a central Washington where we were at and we were hunting quail Yeah. and this dog, you would just, it was like almost walking in a park Yeah. and so you just listen to the bell that was attached to this dog Yeah. bouncing around and it stops and, and we'd be talking with Andrew's uncle and you'd just be like. You know, all of a sudden it's quiet. You're like, okay, where's she at? Yeah. And you just walk up behind her. Boom. And you say, get it up. And like, push her forward. And yeah, you're like, yeah. what is this type of hunt? This is amazing. He, <laughs> was, he was kind of flabbergasted by it because he likes to walk so much. He, I mean, out of all of us, you do definitely like to get in the deepest. I think that I probably enjoy the hiking more than I do the hunting sometimes. Honestly, that's a huge reason why I like yeah. Upland is like, you get a crap ton of exercise, and it doesn't seem like you're exercising. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah you don't it. realize it. We started putting the Yeah, how phones. many miles or yeah. stairs or whatever. It's like crazy how far. Do you track your dogs for how much they walk? I never have. I don't have one of those gotcha. uh, GPS collars, so I would always love to see that. Though. Like, the lab definitely goes more than I do, but to see the pointing dog, like he is like back and forth, out, back, you know. Just covers way more ground, which is another reason why it's interest to me more intriguing to have yeah. a pointing dog. Is so the flushing dog stays within, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. But the pointing dog is just everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and so they just cover so much more ground. I just feel like your chances at a bird are. We found with uh, my uncle's dog. We went out. My I went out with him quite a few times this year. It was pretty consistently that the dog walked three times as much. Yeah, as that's what I I was guessed like two to three times. I yeah. would suspect. Like if, if we walked seven miles, that he, he did twenty one. Yeah. Miles. And yeah. It, so it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. We yeah. had a good time with that dog this year. Yeah. But the one thing I I don't know if it's with all of those like you know versatile dogs, uh-huh. but she will give up on trying to find a bird. Like, if she doesn't fall, see where it dropped, she kind of just gives up and goes, oh, okay, yeah. I'll find another one. Yeah. And and that's why I, I kind of like, you know, going with my dog, because she doesn't give up right. on no, where to totally. find that bird. What and kind I, of I was, dog was it that he was on? It's a uh, German wire pointer. Okay. And I, I don't know if, if, if there was a big difference. I know that they are similar, the Griffon yeah. and the, uh, the German wire here, but I, I They I, certainly I look similar. Yeah. I think their temperament is typically a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I... I've never been around a wire hair or Drothar or whatever. I think they're officially two separate breeds. I don't know, but I've heard that they can sort of be a little bit sharper, grumpy. Yeah, or, yeah, grumpy. yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one man dogs they call them or something. Yeah, our Griffon's more. Of, uh, oh, they're like unreal family dogs in the house. Like that's the one thing that kind of hooked me on them is I was talking to the the breeder that we got ours from, and he was like, the best thing is like their on off switch is unbelievable. He goes, when you, they're in the house, you know, they'll lay around and, you know, be calm. And then as soon as they're out the door, it's like back and forth. And I was like, BS, man. Like, if a dog has that much energy in the house, mm-hmm. they're going to be a terror. He was right. It's like crazy. That's cool. Outside, 
our dog is like nuts. And then as soon as he comes in, he just lays down nice and go. the kids pet him. Or I mean, sometimes when he was a lot younger, he'd you know nip it, nip at our lab, and you know try to get him to play and all that. But anymore, it's like. They just lay around. Just it takes down. about five, ten minutes for Penny to cool cool yeah. off. Like she, when you yeah. got here, she was like, ah! yeah, yeah, but she's calm excited. now. You guys she probably smelled zoomies. my dogs too. Zoomies, she's yeah. Zoomies. She was like <laughs> around your feet. And, but yeah, she gets calmed down when she burns off a little energy. The yeah. other dog that we go hunting with a lot, uh, Mason, they are like good buddies, but they're, you know, Mason's a golden retriever and like a lot bigger body dog than yeah. Penny. And I think that Penny kind of tires her out after oh, yeah. a little while because she'll yeah. like be like tugging on her ear, like "Come on, come on!" Yeah. And Mason just kind of like lays down. This is enough. I'm tired. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that fascinates me most about dogs is like, I, I my brother-in-law I hunt with a ton, and then I got another another buddy here in town that has a Vishla that I hunt with a lot. And I like those dogs. Yeah, they're super cool looking. Um, and when they're just like in the backyard or whatever, like. They play grab ass and run around it, but when we get out and hunt, like, it's business. Like, they don't horse around with each other. Like, they're there to hunt. Yeah. And they know it. It's crazy. And same with when I, we hunt the lab and my brother-in-law Springer a lot together, and they, like, it's like neither of them are there. Like, they don't, they don't acknowledge that the other one is there. Like, they're hunting, and that's all they're doing, which that is only, just crazy. That only happened one time this year, and it was with my uncle's dog. Yeah. Um, Penny got out of the truck and wanted to play, and that dog... Like, put her on her oh, ass. Really? It was like, hey, We're hunting. it's time to work. <laughs> yeah. And she was ready to hunt after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think... And I think it probably takes a little time, too, but it's like, and the first the first couple times that we had our Griff out with the Vizsla, he would, she was hunting, and he was, you know, mm-hmm. six months old or whatever, and still, like, trying like, to force puppy her puppy But hunts. this year, like, never. Like, yeah. They That's were cool. hunting, and yeah. the way they, you know, work together, yeah. and it's just so cool. Thanks for listening to the Blindcast. We're going to take a quick break. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take a second and look at what's on top of your head. Is it an old, crusty ball cap? If it is, you need to upgrade right now. I want you to take a break. I want you to go to PalooseProairie.com, and I want you to look at all their hat selection. And I not only want you to upgrade, I want you to upgrade at a discount. So our friends at PalooseProairie.com gave us a sweet promotion, 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off your entire purchase and all you got to do is at checkout, enter in promotion code, code BLINDCAST. So go right now, buy yourself a, a nice fresh ball cap, and then come back and we'll finish the podcast. Do they honor each other's points and stuff? Yeah, we had like the coolest, I guess it, it was less of an honor, more of like a double point on uh, Chucker this year. Oh, cool. We were down on the breaks of the Snake River and... We'd gotten into a few flocks separately. We, we kind of hunt separate but together. So like, we're out, we're running parallel but far enough away that try to cover some we may, Yeah, we are. We may get into different coveys or whatever. And we made a loop and we were coming back, and we saw where this group flew of uh, chuckers. So we both kind of went in, and uh, and my dog went on point, and his dog from like fifteen yards but parallel. Boom, same time, and they both just. Oh, cool. Dead stop, and we walk up, and sure enough, fifteen or twenty chucker come up. That was like Didn't shoot one though, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's our story. Yeah. Yeah. Missed everyone. <laughs> I think we shot three out of that, okay. out of that group, but uh, that but, makes uh, the story better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had plenty where where you didn't where we didn't shoot any, but that was like the coolest thing. 
when they both are like. Yeah, that is really I cool mean, to see that. Yeah. Does your dog ever give you like a look of disappointment when <laughs> they go on point and either you miss or like a, a hen jumps <laughs> up and you, you can't? They're like, I, I got I did all the work and all you had to do was put it down. <laughs> <laughs> not so not so much the Griffon, but the lab used to do that. Like when I lived on the west side, I duck like. Pheasant hunting was so far to get, you know, to mm-hmm. east, southeastern Washington was like four or five hour drive. So we'd do the rooster road trip every year. But beyond that, I didn't really hunt pheasants. We mostly hunted ducks. Uh, and when I would like miss a duck, like a single comes in, like into your spread, shoot three times and miss. And he looks at you like, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We got, up at, we got up at three in the morning for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and froze my ass yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming in this cold water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can't shoot a yeah. decoying single. Yeah. We uh we went to the um a potholes uh reservoir this year and when we went it was because we had that kind of weird winter this year where it, it got really cold but didn't snow. Yeah. And then warmed up for two months. Yeah. Well we were there when it was really cold. Yeah. And, you know, the the water was icing up and the first duck that came in um, we didn't shoot, and my my that's the face that my dog gave us. <laughs> well, like, there's that, and then I had missed like for the first two weekends of the season. Mm-hmm. You were so out of I town. hadn't shot a duck yet, and <laughs> we get a decoying single, and Andrew is like being the nice guy and gonna let me take. But he didn't really tell me he wasn't gonna shoot. <laughs> so I pull up and I whip the first three, and I'm like, "Why didn't you shoot?" He's like, "I was letting you shoot." I'm like, "Well, don't." <laughs> <laughs> Like, let's get some birds in the water. Just being a nice guy. I, well, last year you were smoking them, so I figured it was going to be uh, the same. Our kind of rule is if we, if somebody, if we're going to, like, designate a bird for somebody, they get one shot on their own. And if they miss, then the I backing up starts. I should have done that. Yeah. That's kind of like, all right, you get you get the first shot, and if you miss, like, then yeah, it's free for like all. Like, we're semi- both going to shoot. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to... We're going to try to be gentlemen. It's kind of yours, but we still want to get the bird in the back. I shoot that Benelli so fast that it's just like... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of shotguns do you usually hunt with? Uh, I got a Browning Satori that I hunt with for everything Upland 12 gauge. Gotcha. Um, And then I I duck hunt, you know, or goose hunt a few times a year, and I've got a Remington V3. I've shot an 870 for the first many years I hunted mm-hmm. and then figured it was time to I think so. That's a lot do of, something a little like, different. First people's shotgun. I yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, hey, what kind of shotgun do you have first? I think most people might say 870. Yeah, for sure. That was my, I think the first 12 gauge I had, I had a, a Winchester 20 gauge that it was yeah. a great gun, but um, yeah. And with that Browning Satori, that's an over and under? Or yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yep. How'd you pick that gun? Uh, I knew I wanted an over under and I just honestly went and <laughs> so I didn't want a super cheap one that wasn't going to be good, but I didn't want a mm-hmm. you know ten thousand yeah. uh, gun. So I kind of had a range that I was looking for, and I went and picked up three or four and just shouldered them, and that one felt mm-hmm. the best for sure. Uh, so I went with that one, and it was actually originally so I'd shot a a twenty eight inch uh, eight seventy, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I. So with the over-under, obviously you don't have the chamber, so it's the overall length is a little yeah. bit shorter. So I was like, oh, maybe I should get a 30-inch over-under because the overall length of that's probably similar to the yeah 
28-inch uh, 870, and they didn't have one, and I was kind of bummed, but I was like, whatever, I'm just going to get this, like... Makes it lighter. Dude, it's... I'm so glad I didn't get the 30-inch, <laughs> yeah. like, it swings so nice, and, like, feels awesome, so... I recently got a over and under my first one, and um, I'm excited about bringing it out. Yeah. The only thing is, I I just did all my like bird hunting with my Vanelli for yeah. the longest time, and now I have this second shotgun. I'm worried that I'm not gonna like shoot as well. <laughs> yeah, I would just take it to the trap range. Yeah, I mean, that's I, honestly. I've been playing with it, and it just I still pick up my Vanelli and shoot way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It but, takes time, but. It's so much lighter. I can like picture myself walking so much further. And my my uncle, he always gives me crap because I'll I'll bring that twelve gauge, I'll bring it to go from you know dove hunting right to turkey hunting. Right, you just change the load. That's what the yeah. I was like, oh, I should get a twenty gauge like for doves and chuckers and whatever. And he's like, I was talking to some guy and he's like, why would you ever get a different than a twelve yeah. gauge? Like, just get a different load. Get mm-hmm. a seven eight ounce load when you're shooting dove and yeah. yeah. I still might get a 20 gauge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can shoot those. I mean, all your day first long. gun was a 20 gauge, wasn't it? Yeah. Shotgun. It took down some geese. That you shotgun yeah. you were me? It's like a chopped down version. It's oh, kind yeah. of cool. <laughs> if it's really good, like if you're going grouse hunting and like you want your like shotgun close so you can get out quick. Yeah. If it's really good in there. Yeah. But usually, get out and they flush. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things I like about bird hunting too. You're asking about big game. Is like, I always feel like the season's too short. Like if you're a if you're a modern firearm deer hunter and you don't get any extra tags, like your season's ten days long. Yeah. Right? Whereas in the state of Washington, you can hunt birds from September first to January thirty first. Whether you're starting with dove or grouse, mm-hmm. all the way through ducks, pheasants, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you have five months to hunt birds. You have ten days to hunt deer. Yeah, so, so I do I do uh, archery. For yeah, so then you get a little bit you get more, a little longer, and you get the late season. Late season yeah, but same thing. It's I, I grew up in Western Montana, and you can stretch out your big game hunting season for a long yeah. time. Yeah, you know, it's almost like as long as uh, upland in some aspects. Yeah, so the the length of the seasons that you can participate in. Yeah, but here you got to choose. Right. So then you can't participate in a modern firearm right. deer, but you can do it for elk. So you can kind of jump back and Overlap, forth, yeah. but. Yeah, there's a lot longer seasons, and there's a lot more opportunity, it seems like, for, well, for us, because we, we do a lot of just public land hunting, and it just seems like there's a lot of opportunity for, for, uh, up for hunting. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. This year was the most up on hunting I've done. Yeah. For sure. We did so much, though, because the ducks just weren't coming in. Yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah. Yeah, some guys you'd see, like, that Matt Judy I was telling you about, he... He killed it on geese this year. Yeah. I'm like, where are you finding these things? I didn't do too bad. Yeah. I mean, comparative to last year. You kind of had a honey hole for the first part yeah. of the season. Yeah. It was not a bad year for geese, so there was a lot of them. Yeah. So when you were doing a lot of duck hunting, did you do a lot of decoying up? Or did you guys do a lot of just... Uh, we did a little bit of both. We did a lot of just sort of like... I don't know. I think they probably call it like freelance hunting. So we'd get a backpack with, you know, three or four decoys a piece. And hike in, most of the spots we go, we're hiking in, you know, 45 minutes, maybe more, bouncing around from spot to spot to try to find them or jump shooting or whatever. Um, but we did find a couple uh, couple ponds that were pretty reliable, so we ended up just beelining to those and, and having pretty good shoots. Uh, I, hunted, I, I got a brother who lives just north of Bellingham, uh, so we'd hunt up there a little bit too, and he knew some guys that 
would let us hunt and that was more decoying there's also a bunch of like sloughs and ditches up there that we just walk and jump shoot too so it's kind of a mix of everything we like to walk in these places too that's yeah that's one of the we like to do and i've never had a boat so we've never yeah done like you know the official potholes i hunt a lot of the stuff around there but it's all like walk-in stuff mm-hmm. that's a different experience the potholes yeah have you ever crazy. done like steelhead fishing on the columbia or something like that uh-huh. or like you got the boat launches are just packed with the or either like salmon fishermen or still a fisherman. It's like a race almost. Uh-huh. It's all like that, the same thing, but duck hunting. Oh, really? Like we woke up at four. Shooting what? lights not until like six. We were hearing boats driving at two. That's crazy. On the water. Yeah, yeah. getting to their spots. And that place is really hard to navigate in the dark unless you have a GPS. Or if you've been there 20 times. That's what I've heard. Because there's like a bunch of like little sandbars or mm-hmm. little like islands. But no, it's always changing because they start, the water yeah, goes up and down. Water, and so yeah. Like, you know, one day you could probably get into these spots, and the next day you yeah. gotta go around or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Not day by day, but definitely week by week. If you had a jet, it'd probably be a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. So we we found where the ducks were um, roosting uh-huh. on the first day. The first morning we had an okay shoe. We should, I think we got a couple birds, but it just seemed like most of the birds were, they weren't there for one. Like the big migration with everyone we talked to, the the birds weren't really there like they had been in the past. And then we'd found where they were roosting and we tried to make a play for the next morning. Well, it was so cold. Both of our GPS has died. Oh. So then we were lost. <laughs> we, we got close, but they, they just weren't where. Yeah. They weren't where we thought they were going to be. Yeah. It was a good day. Yeah. It was, it was like two degrees. It was still good. Yeah. One of the most fun things I think is once the migration really hits, like i I'd say basically the month of December. The mm-hmm. ducks use the Palouse River pretty uh, heavily. Yeah. So we always, you know, do the early thing, get down to the Palouse River, throw out some decoys, you know, spend two hours shooting ducks, pick up the stuff, load up the truck, and go hunt pheasants for the rest of the day. And that is, like, the ultimate That's day. pretty fun, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we did that a couple times this year. Um, I... I was always really exhausted after those days. Yeah. So yeah. It was like all day hunt days. They're so much fun. But on Monday when you go back to work, yeah. you need another day. <laughs> right. Try not to bring too many snacks because it tends to make me come home later. A little and later. Yeah. Well, if I don't have any yeah. food, I just like, I better get out of here. Oh, yeah. But if okay. I have a, a lunch pack, it's an all day yeah. thing. We, uh, my, my girlfriend, she wasn't here when you got here, but. She likes it probably when I come home right around like one, two. Yeah. In the last, I don't know, the last probably 10 times we went out, we got back at like seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't mind just, you know, walking for a few hours. And this year was, we were lucky because there were so many pheasants. Yeah. It and usually, no snow for, yeah. Till, you know, right. So it usually February. didn't take too long, but, you know. Just as usually, I you know hunt till noon and. Well, that's another good thing about upland is that you, especially with a dog too, your opportunities of getting some action, like you can spend a few hours right. and get quite a bit of action yeah. and get out of there. And it's so close. Like I can drive thirty minutes, and yeah. be at some of the spots, and it's like you don't don't have to wake up as early. Like wake up, have my coffee, eat breakfast, out the door by six o'clock or whatever, and. Start hunting at seven. It's and, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the two a.m. I found out a little bit though up. this year is like, 
because I like to put on the miles, and you, you guys like to put on the miles too. Just slower than you. But some some of the times, it's like we put on all these miles, and then the birds are like within a mile from the truck. Yeah. And you're going. Why did I just walk 14 miles to go hunt yeah. less than a quarter mile from the back on truck? The, on, was it, I think it was opening day. We hunted, we had like two of our best spots lined up and hunted all day. Didn't see a rooster and we were like, God, this sucks. Like it's now like one o'clock and it was, it was super warm. It was like probably 70 degrees. And, uh, we had like, we we're, we we're about to pack up and we we're like, all right, there's one more little eyebrow we can hit there. So I take the top, and my brother-in-law takes the bottom. And literally, within the last 50 yards of the eyebrow, my dog goes on point. And I'm like, all right, we're finally going to get a rooster. I walk in, flush them. There's like 10. So I shoot two of them out of there. And my shot scares up a rooster down by my brother-in-law. So that flies up, and he shoots that. And it was like, That's a we good just hunted like <laughs> six hours and didn't get a shot. And in the last five minutes... They're all right there. Like, mm. just crazy how it works. I feel like that happens with Huns a lot, too. They're yeah. always right next to the truck. Right <laughs> when you're unloading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of roosters flush uh, when the car truck door opens or closes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You walked right by them. They like those. Right by the road. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we talked to a couple, uh, I guess I'd call them old boys this year, and we were hunting an area. And we had pulled the rooster out of there, but they were like, yeah, the birds are just super flighty right here and as soon as you start walking from the truck you can see him start to roll yeah you know just getting up and leaving yeah that's frustrating when you, it takes you forever to find the pheasants and you're like and then you just see your limit of three going yeah you're like, <laughs> <"Dang."> <laughs> like yeah it takes forever just to find these things and they're gone right i noticed this year more than ever like wind is such a huge factor like They'll flush so wild if you got the wind at your back, they'll hear you from hundreds of yards away, and oh, they'll yeah. all just go out. So basically, like, with a pointing dog, it's a little easier because they can, you know, cast back to you and, and point them back to you. But hunting with the wind at your back is like, I don't even do it anymore. I just put the dog at heel and beeline to somewhere that I know I can go into the wind. I never thought I didn't even that. think about that. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> and if you're going into the wind, like, A, the dog gets the scent better. B, the birds don't hear you till you're a lot closer. So I found like most of the wild flushes happen when the wind's at your back. So like, like I said, I stopped. We used to like for the longest time, we'd still hunt with the wind at our back. Like, you know, maybe we'll get lucky. Like maybe one will hold whatever, but anymore I'm like, I don't even waste the time. Like I'd rather beeline and have more time to hunt into the wind and save the, anyway. Still working on the getting my dog to heal really well. Oh, yeah. Leash. Yeah, she likes to, like, I have to chop her all the time. Do you train, like, your own dogs, or do you yeah. send them to a charm school? Yeah, or? I've trained all my own. So in, in Seattle, I had, or, um, there's a couple training grounds, like, 10 minutes from my house, and you'd pay five bucks, and the guy had, like, I don't know, a couple hundred acres, That's and he cool. would let you train, and he had a bunch of ponds, so I did all the training there, and then now we live on some ground so i have just done all the training at our place so gotcha well that's pretty cool yeah the crazy thing is like i mean i trained my lab so much more because i was training him for duck hunting and blind retrieves and and you know hand signals and all that mm -hmm. like with the pointing dog it's like drill in obedience for the first year and they pretty much like there's not much to train them on like the pointing is all natural the searching is all natural like the retrieving can be, you know, some guys force fetch if you need, but I got lucky in the line that 
our dog came from came from a pretty good line they of just wanted to get yeah the guy when I got him he was like his mom hunts geese like all the time and retrieves like a champ like I don't think you'll have it even have to train it and he was right like That's I mean funny. I of course drill it and work on repetition but I didn't have to force fetch or anything so in that regard like the biggest thing I did was get the dog on birds as much as possible so whether it's like when they're young taking them out and just letting them search and point birds yeah and obviously you're not shooting them but you know just figuring out what that is and then before the season I'll usually buy some some chuckers or pigeons or something and throw them out at our place and let the dog point a few just to kind of get back yeah. into, into the rhythm of things so is there was there a point with your puppies that they just kind of clicked and they they realized their role and like what they like what they really were meant to do as far as you know pointing or retrieving or like just the bird aspect of it i think i don't think there was like a certain point i think it's just like bred into them like mm-hmm. the first thing the first thing that i did to get them super fired up with birds was use like uh shackled pigeons or like you know pull a few of the flight feathers off and just get them super fired up about chasing birds so i would just like you know fluff it in front of his face and he would get all jacked up and i would toss it and he would just go nuts and chase it and that's kind of how i did the uh gun conditioning too like shooting when he's all fired up and excited and his mind's on something else and then gradually getting closer but from that moment like he was bird crazy so i don't know it's like I would say over the the year, like, just with the experience, I think it's just like people or anything mm-hmm. else. Like, the more you do something, the more you realize, like, figure out how to do it and how to do it better. And this year, like, really was a huge year for him mm-hmm. as far as, you know, over the course of the year. Like, just crazy how much he improved and figured out, like, how to work birds, how to point them. Early in the year, like, on a running rooster, he would get too excited and he would bump it, like the thing would be running and he would run after it and not like creep and point and creep and point. And so he bumped a few birds early by the, by the last like month of the season, like running roosters weren't an issue. Like he'd chase them point. If they ran, he'd chase them point. Um, so that was just super cool to see him figure that out. Like the last, I hunted the last day of the season, January 21st or whatever that is. And I probably had 15 pointed birds like and i only shot one i was like this is just cool to watch like it's yeah. unreal to see those dogs like figure it out and do what they're supposed to do is just crazy we were out with my uncle on the last day close to i think it was that last weekend okay maybe second to last week okay i was just curious so we went out the day before and you'd shot a um partridge or something mm-hmm. i saw more huns this year than ever i know it was crazy like <laughs> yeah. In the past years, you, we'd always shoot one or two a year, and you'd run into them when you were pheasant hunting, but this year, it was like every single time there were hunts. It I can't like, believe where they hang out. It's crazy. It's like it's in the middle of nothing. No, yeah. like, real tall grass. Just right. Like the grass out. is like this tall. They're not ready hardier. for them to they flush. They don't have to be as close to water. Aren't they kind of a hardier? I don't know. I, they must be if they're just hanging out in short grass. Yeah, we we have this running joke. We... The same guy that has the visual. We went to Montana last year and hunted uh, Sharpies and Huns in September because it opens in September over there. And uh, we stayed at, like, this, these people's house who, like, it's like a pseudo hunting lodge, but not really. Like, they allow dogs, and they have, they breed setters themselves. And this guy was like, eh, when you're hunting Huns, you want to stay in grass this tall. And so that was, like, 
we, we always joke about that, like when we see short grass. Oh, that must be the hunt habitat that guy's yeah. on. But he was actually right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like this tall and like not that thick, and they live in there. It's crazy. They got some big breasts on those birds. How big they are? Honestly, like hunt is my favorite bird yeah. to eat. Like, yeah, those things are so good to just. We, we never really get into chuckers. It's something I I'm interested in doing. Yeah. And when you're hunting those. What are you looking for for, like, habitat? Like, I know they like to hang out in rocks and stuff. Yeah, so rocky, steep, thin grass. Like, most of it, most of where we hunt is kind of on the breaks of the Snake River. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, brutal hunting. Like, this year I busted the bead off of my Satori falling because we were, we hunted after, the day after a rain. So all those rocks are yeah, just slick. Slippery. And, like, I probably fell... I don't know, close to 10 times that day. Oh, Busted the beat off my gun one of the times, but it's just like side hills, um, yeah, rock outcroppings, uh, and just thin, grassy, weedy crap is where they hang out. Yeah. And then close up top are the fields, which I think they probably eat in. But. Yeah. Do they, so when they're, do they go like, when they flush, are they like going up into like the, the rocks? Or do they, you know... It depends. You, yeah. so, do they go across the canyon? <laughs> yeah. No, usually they don't. Usually, that's the cool part about chuckers, at least that I've found, is, like, once you break up the big group, like, you can watch where the other little ones mm-hmm. go and, like, sort of go and hunt those ones again. Um, so that's kind of cool in that aspect. Um, they, they typically hang out, like, on a certain level we've found. So, like, that's part of the reason why we spread out is, like, they're usually on the same level of a side hill, so okay. hopefully one of us will be on the level. Because usually the rocks are like, it's like a shelf and then another shelf sort of deal. So if you can find out like which one of those they're which hanging out on, they're on, yeah, then you can kind <laughs> of, you know, strategically stay in that area. But yeah, usually when you break up the flock, you can go hunt the singles and small groups after. So. They're a pretty bird. Really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't know, I know they're an exotic bird. I don't know where they're from. Do I don't know where they're from either, no. Europe, probably, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure, but they, yeah. they are a pretty bird. Yeah. It's, I, they open, of course, a couple weeks before pheasants, so yeah. I'm always so, like, yeah, ready so, like, it. ready that I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hunt chucker, so I, you, we usually end up going, you know, two or three times just because it's open and pheasants. Don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. We well, always try and get out there for the, the dove. Oh, yeah, that's well. so fun. That's, that's yeah. a good shoot. Yeah. That's a good shoot. I always take my kids out on opening day because it's like September 1st, so it's still pretty warm, like comfortable. You don't really have to be quiet or camo or anything. Mm-hmm. I set out their little camp chairs and yeah. It's, uh, we'll it's we'll go out there sometimes, and it's only happened a few times with the big groups, but when you get some shells or some, some shot rain down on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happened to me a few times in on the west side. There's just so many hunters. So many. Like, just a part of it. Yeah. Just bring your your uh, your umbrella. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think twice my buddy and I got. You can hear it. It's close, and then you're like, "Oh shit!" Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you, twice we got rained down on. I was like, another reason to move over here. Yeah. 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 There's it's, there's a little more ground. Mm-hmm. A little more ground. Yep. They you don't. Yeah. There's there's probably just as many hunters, but just a lot more ground to right to you know spread out on. Yeah. Except, same, but duck hunting, there's still just many lakes. Right. So you still kind of get close every once in a while. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Especially, we had um, we had that problem this year for opening, see, oh, open, yeah. for early goose. Okay. Uh, which is sometime in Mid-September, September. Mid-September, yeah. yeah. And 
we went to one spot. We were there in the morning, and probably like five or six trucks showed up. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> and uh, we ended up just not being where they wanted. To, like they yeah. were there, but they they just flew right past. They were just gonna go feed. They didn't yeah. care about our decoys. They didn't yeah. care about anything. Yeah. Was it, this with you and Chris? Yeah. It, up on the Columbia. Uh huh. Yeah. It was uh, it, but there were like you know twelve other people there, and they oh well we'll only shoot if uh, if we can shoot one. Right. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And guys. We can shoot them if they're in within a hundred. Hundred and twenty yards. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. I did uh, opening duck on one of the wasteways over there by uh, by potholes, and I will never do that again. My brother-in-law still does people. it. But I'm like, it sounds like you're like. In a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. And um, it's a battle for the spots. Like like you say, people are getting out there at 2 a.m., like, staking their spot, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's just not worth it. And it, same thing. We ended up on, like, this side little lake that was, like, the only thing that didn't have a hunter on it, well, you and we shot, like, three ducks. You could have like, done that, like, easily, just, like, sneaking ducks. Right. Instead, you drove for a couple hours. Right. You know, you got all excited. We, we actually just... slept in our trucks the night yeah. before. We were going to try to, you, you know, be the first guy there. You could have just went to your regular spot, probably shot more ducks. Yeah. I don't know. The, yep. the, that, the goal of, like, that perfect hunting ground, it's always in the back of your mind, though, but that, we, at our place that we go a lot, we really didn't get that many ducks this year, but... We got more than when we went to potholes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded Still, like... Potholes, I think, is one you... You not only have to figure out the, the ducks, but you also have to figure out what the other hunters are doing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you got to... Like you said, you got to show up at 3.30, be launching in, in your spot if it's a popular location. Yeah. And that's... And then, like, we try to stay pretty legal beagle all the time, especially, like, on <laughs> yeah. the, the hunting hours. You know, Dude, we'll, guys will shoot 10 minutes before, like... Oh, these guys oh. were shooting a half hour. Oh, God. It was, like... Because, like, a half hour to shooting, like, prime time for ducks to be moving. Right, yeah. They are shooting that whole time. <laughs> that oh, whole God. time. That's brutal. That's yeah, like, we were watching our watches. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, are we wrong on the shooting hours? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like uh, it was a tough duck year. I, I hunted ducks only once, and it was on the Palouse River before a pheasant hunt, and did really well because they were in. But I'd heard, heard from many people that it was a, a pretty rough year. Some guys did really good on, um, Long Lake this year. Okay, I did hear a couple of guys. Yeah. It was like my, my, uh, I don't know, my, um, in-law did good. You know my. Father-in-law did oh, really yeah. good on Long Lake. Third like, cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah. We got Penny to join us. So if you hear any dog collars or rustling <laughs> around, she couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. Fine. She couldn't handle it. She does the same thing in the duck blind. So what do you got in the hopper for new hats? Uh, so we have a few that are that we're in process of making right now. One, my favorite one is uh, is a bass hat. I fit. Oh, I cool. bass fish a lot in the summer. And uh, it's a leather patch hat again, and it's got a big old fat large mouth, and it says Rippin' Lips on it. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, so that'll be here in a couple weeks. Uh, those will be done, and then we did, uh, we're trying uh, like an embroidered patch, similar to like what's on your lid there, uh, with our dog, our dog uh, logo, but it'll be red, white, and blue. Kind of like the stickers. I don't know if you've seen the stickers. Yeah, I did. Those are cool. So it'll be basically that on an embroidered patch, and then we switched up the hat colors so it's, you know, more American-themed, so they're like, you know, gray and red, or one is navy blue and white. So those are the two 
two, I think, right now. We just... Uh, you can have those before 4th of July? Oh, yeah. All we'll right, have good. those yeah. this next month, yeah. <laughs> That's, these hats kind of remind me of, like, a, a, a slick ball cap that has, like, um, that's hunting and, like, outdoors. But you could base. also wear it. But it's got, like, a hint of patriotism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're, you're not, like, shouting America everywhere, but he's, like... You're whispering it. You're, yeah, yeah. You're for sure, that's kind of what we'd hope for. Yeah. And then the other, I guess, we just did our first uh, run of flex fits because we've had a ton of people say, oh, I hate mesh back because, you know what, for every reason. I'm bald and I don't want the, my bald head <laughs> yeah, to show. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly the biggest reason why people tell us they don't like uh, mesh backs. Are you like, calling out a buddy right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not specifically. <laughs> but uh, so we tried some flex fits and... I don't know, like I was telling you, I think that was before we started, was we have people all the time saying, oh, you should do this, or you should do that, or, you know, we'd buy one if you did this, and once we get enough people, we think that so that, that makes sense, then if we you, then If we'll you look it. at your website, which is um, Palouse Prairie Co. Or uh, Palouse just PalousePrairie.com, yeah. And you see something that you like, but it's not quite what you want, I mean, are you, you get enough requests, you might. Yeah, for sure. Like, so I would say this fall will add to the dog breeds on the hat. Like a ton of people have asked for Britney's on there or uh, a wire haired dog of some sort. Uh, Dog, dog owners are funny, man. They're so. Yeah. I've had a lab and then I don't, um, I don't have a dog right now and these guys do. So like when I saw your bird dog hat, I'm like, I'm just getting a bird dog hat and like. To me, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter what dog it's yeah, like. It's yeah. a bird dog hat. That's like, kind of for me. It like, covers everything. Right. And they're like, no, I want this type of dog. Yeah. Like, if, right. you, if you get people that are, like, super passionate about their breed, you know, yeah. they can, like, even even our hats, like, you'll notice on yours, uh, I didn't put the tail up on the first run. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, so we had a oh, lot of like people say, oh, the tail should be up when they're pointing, you know? <laughs> so that tail is parallel. So after the first run, now I put all the tails on. I would never have. Yeah. And then I like, wouldn't even know if you like take the tail off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then it's like, on the, yeah. And people will, you know, say, Oh, that doesn't look like a uh, setter because this and that. And I'm like, all right, well, I really was going to, I wanted the, the elk hat. Oh yeah. But you were out at the time. Oh so, yeah. But I still wanted a hat. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, well the bird dog hat's cool. Yeah. Yeah. God bless bird dogs yeah it's hard to know like especially when we started like how many to make you know mm-hmm. like are people gonna buy them or are people not and now i think we have a pretty good uh feel on kind of how many to make and what colors and inventory and all that we're still learning on the t-shirts like we just started t-shirts a couple months ago yeah i just, like feared the beard yeah like, so that's like like the coolest yeah thing. so that picture that's of your dog yeah so my wife took an awesome picture of our griffon and we blew it up at, like the size of a poster and we put it in our kids room on the wall because it's so cool and i was like we need to figure out a way to have that be on something of ours so this is a picture she took yeah. of the dog <laughs> and so we just took that and went into illustrator is where we do all of our art and like made it into that black and white uh sort of that, use, yeah. usable for t-shirts and hats and all that and I don't know, the whole fear of the beard thing came because when I had the, the huge beard and the gross hair, uh, and obviously he's a bearded dog, so I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool little slogan. <laughs> and then uh, and I was like, yeah, we got to figure out a way to do something with that. And we tried it on a hat, but it 
just with the... It doesn't give it justice. Right. It's be and bigger. it, like, has to be so small. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be bigger. So I was like, let's try a t-shirt. And that t-shirt has been, like, wildly popular. Like, we've sold out of it super quick. And then I'm, like, trying to figure out how many to get next. And so we're learning on the t-shirts still. But the hats, I think we have a decent idea of. So yeah, after seeing you on Instagram, what what is your Instagram? Is it just Palouse uh, it's Prairie? Palouse Prairie Co. Palouse Prairie yeah. Co. And yeah. um, I I really like what you're doing because there's been some like a like a swing in um, stores moving to like uh, e-commerce, right? Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of like right. like a lot of big names are shutting down Shopco and things right. like that. And prior to that, those big companies shut down a lot of corner stores right you know yeah. in small communities yeah and i think in a lot of ways i mean people are worried you know amazon's got a distributor coming in here and it's like everything's going to just order online <clears throat> and they're getting rid of all these big department stores but with what you're doing you're kind of taking back the corner that's what we're tra- yeah and it, it that's cool to see and you get to do it from your home right like you don't you don't have to have a place in town to do it necessarily right. but you're still competing in the market right and you found like a niche that you're like, yeah, like let Amazon be Amazon. <clears throat> like we're still gonna have right. a little corner. And you can still market. have the, you know, this day and age, you can still have the interaction with the customer and and you know more of a personal deal. But it's just different. It's you know a text or an Instagram message yeah. or whatever, and you can still have like uh, one of the other things we're like adamant about is customer service. So like if people don't like the hat, send it back. Like we'll take care of it. It sure doesn't fit, send it back. Like you can still have that level of you know, service and and interaction with the customer mm-hmm. uh, without well, having. Well, and yeah, when my hat going. showed up, there was a hand handwritten note from yeah. one of you guys, like yeah. you know, God bless uh, bird dogs or something. Yeah. So I, I did our first unboxing with your hat. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Put that in there. I was like, this is cool. Like, it was actually one of the first things I've bought and that was from a store like your guys. Yeah. So I think it's really neat what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's fun and it's, you know, exciting and obviously I, I love hunting and love bird hunting so it's kind of like I'm super passionate about it and and uh, it's fun making, you know, good stuff that's cool and that people like. So. It gets you kind of involved in, you know, the people too. Oh, you, totally, yeah. Which is something that we've kind of found. We, I mean, obviously we like hunting and fishing but it's been fun to kind of Get out of our own group right. and start talking to other yeah. people and, you know, make some new friends. And yeah, same here. Yeah, I met it's a, been kind of fun. Yeah, I met a, a ton of people through it and have become much more active in Pheasants Forever here in town and the Spokane Bird Dog Club and mm-hmm. I just a lot more sort of, you know, meeting people who are like-minded. And, yeah. Yeah, I think know. this uh, is a way for us to kind of get um, a way back into our community, right? You spend oh, so sure. much time in your... Uh, nine to five job right and there's hunters and stuff that work with us but it kind of allows us to reach out right know, to our community and, and like i said meet, meet new people and see what other people are doing and learn that you don't hunt um with your wind to your back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think out of anything point. i've learned today <laughs> like I'm, that like i'm taking that tip i have to me. write it down well, i, I yeah. can't tell you how many birds i've We've busted with the dogs because the wind's at your back. And, and, yeah. And then when they run with a flushing dog, like, the dog's going to run too. Like, no, yeah. That's one of the other nice yeah. things about a pointing dog is you don't ever have to run after the dog, which when my lab's birdie, I'm, like, literally sprinting after yeah. the dog because yeah. I want to be able to. Sh- and yeah. 
Yeah, because they don't understand that. Right, and it's tough. Like, in the thick stuff, it doesn't happen because they just, the birds can't run, the dog Mm -hmm. can't run. But if you're, like, in an area that has a game trail or something, and the pheasant gets on a game trail, like, zoom, done. So, like, and I've shot a lot of birds because I've ran after the dog, but that gets old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We we did that quite a few times with Penny this year. Yeah. Trying to slow her down and being like, oh, no. Yeah, the other thing I always think is, how many birds did I just run past to possibly get a shot at this yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so You're going to hunt behind your dog no matter what. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would say the other thing I've learned is trust the dog. Like, so many times you think, like, oh, that looks like good cover over there. Like, let's try to get the dog in there, which to some degree, but the dogs are so smart and, like, honestly. They're using a sniffer that you. I, yeah. the best thing ever with the Griffon is, like, I don't call him, whistle him, anything one time when I'm hunting. That's so nice. Which is like, the lab, I'm always having a whistle stop. One one toot, and he'll sit down. So it's like, when he's too far, whistle stop, and then I try to catch up to him. He's on a bird, whistle stop, catch up yeah. to him. So it's like, honestly, I don't have to say a word to the dog. I don't have to whistle. Like, he comes back and checks in with me if he's too far. Like, if I can't see him for a few minutes, soon enough, he'll be back, does a loop by me, and keeps going hunting. So That's it's like, pretty nice. So cool. Because, yeah, when I'm hunting with Penny, I'm constantly making calls and yeah. and whistles. Andrew's the most vocal bird hunter. <laughs> I'm just, well, I don't know. Well, like, when I, they say that, well, they were a puppy. She was yeah. a puppy, you know. And she's, she's better this this so far. I've also been, like, training her with, like, a long leash. Yeah. Which, uh, like, 30 yards. I'll, like, yeah. turn around and go the other way. Yeah. And she's getting better at it, but I had to chop her constantly. Yeah. she just wanted to go and go and go and keep going well she, at some point they learn that if they flush a bird that isn't within shooting range that they don't get to retrieve it maybe so, i should yeah. let her do that because i kept on like just chopping her off you know yeah. making sure she didn't go far enough maybe i yeah. should do that yeah maybe awesome. we'll see and she's so young i mean it, like i said experience they figure out like oh if i stay close and if i flush a bird he shoots it and i get to mm-hmm. get it like gonna chomp on it for a little while <laughs> well you were playing fetch this morning and uh you, you were talking about how she's a little she's a little possessive yeah still. possessive of the she bumper she doesn't she'll drop it when to I you ask or her. to other dogs to me okay she'll drop it when i ask her but instead of just like going out getting it and coming back she'll do like a little loop oh yeah and then i'll be like all right sit and drop and she'll yeah. do it but she just wants to hold... She knows what I'm going to do when yeah. I come back. She doesn't mind, but she's still a little possessive over it. Yeah. So what I did, because our dog was a The Griffon was a little bit like that as a puppy. And I was talking to the breeder a little bit about it. And he was like, you know what? When they're young, like, let them prance around with that bird or that bumper or whatever it is for 30 seconds or whatever. Don't make a big deal about it. Uh, and then after they've had some time to, you know, mm-hmm. revel in the glory of... Get in it. Getting the retreat. That's the perfect word for it. Because that's what she's doing. She's got her oh, head, head high. high. Just like, this is happened. my deal. Yeah. <laughs> so after they get, you know, their moment of glory, then you, man, you can uh, I'll give that let a try. them know that it's, it's yours. But I, I think, too, with experience and time, like, the dogs will always be fired up to retrieve. But at some point, they realize that, oh, yeah, my job is to bring it to him. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate um, you guys what, having me. What's the best way to get on and, I guess, just go to your website to order hats and Yeah, shirts so, and... yep. Our our site has all the hats and shirts, stickers. Uh, there's an email on there to get a hold of us. Instagram is where we're most active, I would say, social media-wise. So shoot us a note on a message on Instagram or, you know, 
follow us or whatever it is and try to be super responsive and and interact with people and it's always fun to yeah it was really easy for us to get a hold of you yeah it's it's mm-hmm. fun to interact with like i said with like-minded people especially in our area it's been super fun to you know meet some folks that you know are out there doing the same stuff we are mm-hmm. yeah so again that's palouseprairie.com and uh you can message greg on instagram and um yeah we appreciate you coming in yeah for sure thanks for having me yeah so you want to take us out no <laughs> all right well, thanks for listening we'll catch you from another cast on the blind <laughs> cool well i hope you enjoyed another episode of blindcast if you haven't already you can follow us on instagram at blindcast1 again that's blindcast1 on instagram thanks for listening and hope you tune in next time for another cast from the blind